0: Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction, and Saving Me One Day at a Time, Finding Light Amidst the Shadows of Addiction. I am here for you and this podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well to reclaim your power, and to live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. So since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing that we can do is take back our power and focus on us ourselves. Just remember that the thoughts and perspectives that I share on this show are mine and those of the guests on the show. So if you ever hear anything harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and we always aim to do better and we value your feedback as well as your permission to be human. So please use all the content here as educational and informational and not for the purpose of medical diagnosis, treatment, or prescription in any form. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am so excited to do this episode because I have to say that I I don't know if you know, I just got back from a holiday and I went to Antigua with my boyfriend. And I have to say that there were so many moments where I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I feel so safe. I feel so good. I'm not worried about this human that I'm with. He wants to be with me the whole entire time. We were dancing together. We were on the beach. And I'm not saying all this to make you jealous. I'm saying this because there was a time when I was with my addicted loved one where I did not feel safe, where I was very concerned, where I was left to have dinner by myself on my birthday and where he had drinking so much during the day that he passed out and he couldn't even get his act together enough to come out for my birthday. And so I share this because I just had such a remarkable contrast on my recent holiday and I just felt so loved, so cared for and so safe and I think it has largely a huge part that I am with. Uh, my boyfriend is just incredible. And I think I should do an episode on where I am now, like happily ever after loving someone with an addiction. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily the path for you. You might still be with your addicted loved one. You might be you know, thinking that that's the direction you're going to go in, which is can be totally wonderful. And don't we all pray and wish that the person that we're with would, you know, seek recovery. I only wish that for the person I was with. But having said that now, in hindsight, I would not have met the amazing guy that I'm with now. And so I'm sharing this because I remember when I was with my addicted loved one, that I made a threat to him. I said to him that if you don't stop over drinking, or if you don't get your shit together, or if this is, you know. If we don't get, figure things out, you're not coming on holidays with me. And I made this threat almost like ultimatum out of desperation because he was destroying my holidays and he was destroying my vacations and it became so stressful. And, and then, so then I would make these threats, but I have to say those threats backfired because that trip was the last trip he actually came on with me. And it's not that I didn't want him there. I actually would love to have a partner with me and come on these trips and have a good time and go away, right? And so it was so interesting that I, uh, my threat or my ultimatums, they didn't work. And so I thought today is a great day to do an episode on this idea of how we resort out of desperation to sometimes threats and ultimatums and especially when we are facing with addiction. And now threats and ultimatums and things like that, they don't necessarily work when we're up against addiction. We can't compete with addiction. And so I thought this would be a great episode to do because I know it's like almost like be careful what you threat, be careful your ultimatum because you, we need to see them through. And when it comes to addiction, it's like, oh my gosh. So I never thought that my thread or ultimatum would make it so like the following whole entire year that I was with my addicted loved one, he didn't come with me on trips, but that's because he didn't want to, he'd rather stay home and binge and, you know, get away with feeding his addictions. So, um, and I did talk with a client late, recently too, from our, from our support group, Uh, Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction, the Facebook support group. And she was saying that she basically locked her addicted loved one out. It's like, if you don't show up over this next weekend and you disappear, the door is going to be locked when you come back and all your stuff's going to be in the garage. And she followed through, she did it, but then she, after questioning herself, did I do the right thing? And this, like, like, I sound familiar, right? And so loving someone who is struggling with addiction, it is so hard and can have so many frustrating moments. And it's such a complex, crazy journey. You don't need me to tell you this if you're listening to this podcast. And it is also though, we are filled with hope. We're also filled with despair and there's countless moments of uncertainty. And so, At many points, you may find yourself resorting to threats or ultimatums, or, you know, it could be just like this last ditch effort to motivate or encourage your loved ones to get clean, to get help, to seek recovery. And so, In this podcast, I wanted to just explore the reasons that we might use threats and ultimatums and make sure that we know that permission to be human and also to offer guidance into understanding how to handle them and also understanding uh, this and just to provide you with some compassion around it and to support you because this is such a challenging path. And so some threats might be, let me just give you some examples, like if you don't stop using drugs, I'll tell your employer and you risk losing your job. So it's almost like you can see that's a, like a, a last ditch effort to try and motivate them to seek recovery or to see the severity of this. And like the underlying emotion is this concern for their, for financial stability and the desire to motivate them to seek help. And then another one might be like, either you go to rehab and start a recovery journey, or I'm moving out and I'm taking the kids with me. Like, you see how we like it's so common to put these ultimatums, like you know. And the underlying emotion with that is that, for example, like we are looking for safety, we're looking for well-being for our children, perhaps, and or we're looking at a last resort to encourage treatment. And so another one might be like, um, if you continue drinking this much, I won't allow you to come on our trips, or I won't allow you to come to the cottage, or you fill in the blank, right? So it's basically a threat. Like if you, for me, I also made a threat. I remember this one. This one's so clear as day. I remember saying, if you're not inside by 1 p.m., I'm locking the doors. And so that backfired on me because I was like, okay, like I thought that would motivate him. And that was my like desperation sort of threat to like get him to come in and be with me, be with the family, be a quote unquote normal. Like the person that you used to be, that used to enjoy being with me and try to get him in from the garage. But it backfired because then he started leaving. He started leaving for the whole night and not coming back at all. And so the underlying emotion to all this is that it's our desperate attempt To control a very uncontrolling situation. It's our desperate attempt to help to motivate and and encourage the person that we're with to see the motivation to seek recovery, to, you know, to see the severity of what's going on. And so I just want to offer this understanding behind our threats and behind the ultimatums. Basically, it's a desperate, it's our desperate act of love, We are using threats and ultimatums because it's stemming from a place of deep love, of deep concern for our addicted loved ones. So I'm wrapping you in love and compassion because right now it is so hard. If you notice that you are moving into this place of threats and ultimatums, okay, it is a deep act of love. It's a desperate act of love. We are feeling trapped from the... Shadows of addiction, and we're facing so many issues. We're facing with uh, risk, maybe in our life and our well being, as well as their lives and their well being. And we're really willing to do anything to try and break this cycle, try to break them free, to help them see the severity of it, to help us break free from it. So, you know, we might be really throwing out those threats like, if you don't stop using drugs, I have to consider leaving or things like that like it's like threatening them. And basically it comes from fear of our safety, fear of our well-being being threatened. And so another reason or what's underlying these threats and ultimatums is it's also a cry for attention. It is a cry for help. We need help. So addiction it is so out of our control and Basically, when we are trying, what we're trying to do is like nothing's working. So we're literally trying to grab a cry for attention. We're trying to grab their attention and we're trying to make them see the urgency of this situation. We're trying to get them to recognize like, you know, this is really bad. Like you are literally going to lose your whole entire relationship with me and the kids. You are going to, if you don't stop drinking, I won't speak to you anymore. Or if you, you know, you can see this desperation for them to acknowledge the problem. It's a desperation that we are attempting to help them see that there's a problem here. Like, and we want them to acknowledge this problem. And so I'm just providing you with like what's behind these threats and ultimatums so you can see the humanness of it and know that you're not doing anything wrong. You are you know, acting from a place of love and you're trying to get their attention. And the other piece of it is why we might offer threats or ultimatums is that we're seeking a sense of control. Addiction makes us powerless. You've heard those three C's. You didn't cause it. You can't cure it. You can't control it. It's like, okay, well, what the heck can we do? And so this idea is that we feel very helpless in this situation. And so by threatening or offering ultimatums, it's almost like our, our last ditch effort to try like, you know, give us a sense of control. So threats and ultimatums, they they may offer this sense of control in a situation that seems absolutely uncontrollable, right? Like I'll cut off your financial support if you don't seek help. Uh, it makes us feel like we have a bit of influence. And so the, we're desiring this idea to regain some control over the situation. And so so this, these are some of the reasons why and to a better understand why we might be moving into threats and ultimatums. And I want to wrap you with compassion around it. Don't beat yourself up about it. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Right. And so there are reasons why we need to be a little bit careful with these threats and ultimatums and that we should approach them with caution uh, because we're, not dealing, we're dealing with addiction, which is a very hard thing to go up against and that they may not, our threats and ultimatums may not yield our desired results. Like it may not grab their attention. It may not, you know, cause them to seek recovery. It may not help them see the severity of the situation there are many things right that is it that it's it may not work so it makes sense that it's our love it's our desperate act to make them you know see what's going on to help them with their well-being but it may not work we're going up against addiction here so the other thing is is that some of these threats and ultimatums, it's so hard to follow through on them because we maybe backtrack and then we maybe go forward. And so the follow through in our threats and ultimatums are really important because we need to be prepared to follow through. So if we are going to make some threats and ultimatums, we want to think it through because we want to make sure that we follow through no matter what or else we lose all kinds of credibility, and our credibility can be undermined. And making you know future attempts of the, our threats and ultimatums, they're going to be less impactful. So I know I had said I go, you know what? If you come home late like this again, that's it. Like we're selling this house. Like, but then I wouldn't follow through, and then like so then my threats meant nothing. By the end, like my threats were just like, okay, why am I bothering? Like nothing I do is working here. So. So another thing might be is you might be threatening to leave the relationship. I know I did so many times. It actually ended up being him leaving the relationship, which... Is crazy. He did what I didn't have the courage to do at the time. And uh, I always say him leaving was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. And um, I know there's a picture of me too. And he had spray painted black spray paint on all the windows in the garage. Like I'm talking a spray paint can and he spray painted them black. And so actually when he left, I took it as a project. I like lit razor blade scraped off all the black dark spray Spray paint. I literally, like, I could see it was like a metaphor for me. The sun coming finally into the garage through the light. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm scraping off the shadows of addiction, the blackness, the tar, the sludge, the grossness that came from being with someone who had an addiction and all that darkness. And I was finally letting the light into my life. It felt so good and so great. And so, anyway, I digress it's this idea here is is that um our threats and ultimatums are may not end the way we want them to. So threatening them and not being able to follow through can help, can cause us to lose credibility and cause us to, you know, have potential escalation. We can push buttons. um, They're unfulfilled threats. They can lead to more tension and arguments and make us resentful and upset. And it's just harder and harder to communicate with our loved ones. And so, so sometimes with threats and ultimatums, we need to take a step back and think about what it is that we're really trying to say, what boundaries are we really trying to set here, and are we okay with the outcome if we do make those threats and ultimatums? So you can kind of see where I'm going here with this and just understanding um, uh, and extending compassion to ourselves. And that's what I always talk about on in this community is this idea of understanding first why you're doing it right. And, and give yourself so much compassion and love. So it's essential for you to recognize that when you resort to using threats and ultimatums in the context of loving someone with an addiction, know that you're doing it from a place of concern. You're doing it from a place of love and sometimes desperation. I know for me, it was like, oh my gosh, like, like, what do I need to do to make you see what, is going on here. Um, and so addiction is so adverse and it can leave us feeling so helpless and it can make us feel so overwhelmed and knocked down that in those moments, it's so natural to seek and go to the means and, and feeling that you need to do this in order to make and motivate change or in order to protect ourselves or even to support our loved ones to help them trying to help them see it. And so if we are including threats and we're, you know, thinking about all of that, what we want to do is ultimately think about our own well-being and then know that it's coming from a place that is just loving and you're trying to do your best, you're trying to keep I always say you're trying to keep your head above water through this and um and that it comes from a place because you deeply care about someone who is battling addiction and you are not alone on this. And so wrapping you with love, understanding that addiction has a way of pushing us to our limits. Addiction has a way of testing our patience and testing our sanity. And so it does make us move into places where we might be you know, looking at things in a way of like trying to test out threats and ultimatums and moving into a place. So it's really important to extend compassion to yourself first and acknowledge the intense, the intense, immense, emotional burden that comes from loving someone with an addiction, right? So as you're navigating this, remember that your actions are driven by love. Your actions are driven by genuine concern and the desire to support a loved one and help them find a path to recovery. And so, yeah, so I thought that maybe what we could do is walk you through a bit of uh, reflection on potential threats or ultimatums when dealing with a loved one's addiction and um, what we call a consequence assessment. And so what you do is just take a little step back. I know sometimes in the heat of the moment, it's easy to throw out threats and ultimatums, but the idea here is to take a step back and think about assess the consequences of your potential threats and ultimatums, just so you can get clear on the The threats and ultimatums that you want to make sure you're putting out there that you can follow through, that they're effective, that they are going to work and that it is something that you want to be saying and almost preparing yourself for those moments so that you can create or even shift to maybe potentially instead of threats and ultimatums, move to a place of boundary setting so that it can be more effective for you. So the first step, so consequences assessment of your threats and ultimatums, um, let's walk through them. So the first thing is you want to identify the threat or the ultimatum. So just identify maybe a specific threat or ultimatum that you're considering using or that you're considering for yourself. And you know, it could be, you could test it out. It could be related to your loved one's addiction or basically any aspect of your relationship at any point. So, you know, think about that threat, identify the potential threat or ultimatum, and then list the potential outcomes. So write down all the potential outcomes or all the consequences of issuing that threat or issuing that ultimatum. So consider both, you know, short-term effects of it, long-term consequences. Just do this for yourself because it's going to help you look at it from a, a perspective of if I were to do this threat or ultimatum, let's lift, list all the potential outcomes and see, and then we test it. We see, are we okay with these outcomes? And so, for example, uh, if a threat is to leave a relationship, you know, if your loved one doesn't seek help, Okay. So really looking at that, right? Looking at the consequences, you know, what emotional distress is going to come up? What are the potential arguments? You know, what's the uncertainty of the future for you, right? And looking at, Maybe longer term consequences as well could be separation, it could be divorce, it could be the potential impact on children, and what are the dynamics of your family, and what are the financial changes, and all these things. So, it's really getting honest with the threat and the ultimatum, going down a thought experiment of reflecting on the emotional impact and the impact that it would have. Um, when considering that threat or ultimatum, right? And it just will help make you see and reflect on your own well-being. And it also help you see whether or not this is something that you want to use, if it's something that you want to and will be able to follow through on. So, So reflecting on whether you're prepared to follow through is the next step. So a evaluate your, your follow through, uh, evaluate that. And, uh, looking at it from a perspective of hmm, asking yourself if you're willing and able to enforce that threat or that ultimatum. And, you know, if, if basically if your loved one is not going to meet your threat or ultimatum, like, are you prepared to follow through with the course of action that you have said? So So this is one of the, the, just working through self-awareness just to help you better see so that we're not just issuing threats or ultimatums in the heat of the moment, out of desperation for attention and things like that, which is totally normal. First of all, totally normal and uh, a, a natural response when we're trying at our wits end to motivate or wake someone up to something, or it's an act of desperation because we're so, we love this person so much understandable so just walking through this awareness piece of your the consequence assessment so recognizing the threats the ultimatums identifying them first listing the potential outcomes and then going through seeing that you know what if your loved one doesn't follow through that threat you know, are you able to follow through on the consequences of that, of your ultimatum? And then consider alternatives. So think about alternative approaches or strategies that might be more effective for you to achieving your desired outcome. So what is your desired outcome? So if it's to you know regain your own well-being and you know and you're threatening them it's like okay well what what's maybe uh maybe there's a boundary that i can set or maybe there's a more effective way to protect yourself than issuing threats and ultimatums. So I always say turn the lens back on you. And I love this idea. So one helpful exercise that can help you is to turn the focus back onto you. And instead of issuing threats and ultimatums per se, it's establishing boundaries to protect your well being. And so in psychology, this is so much more effective than actually moving into that place of threats and ultimatums because oftentimes we can't necessarily follow through on them or because we're dealing with addiction, we're up against something that is a huge psychological disruption in their life that they're not really thinking properly. So the chances of them of our threats and ultimatums working are very low. It's something they have to figure it all on their own, their side of the street. And so by detaching with love and turning inward on you and your own needs and moving to a place of, hmm, I'm wondering if I can maybe just establish some boundaries that would help me in my well being. And so let's just walk through that. Let's, let's go through a bit of an exercise to encourage us to just get clear on what, like on, like clear on a potential boundary instead of issuing a threat and then maybe being able to communicate it and then also committing to those boundaries. So that follow through. And so it just feels a little bit better to take some time To reflect on specific boundaries that are essential to you, like when it comes to your loved one's addiction. So, so sometimes the threat comes after because our boundaries have been crossed. So then we like then maybe they didn't come home or they binged all night and then they walk in the door. It's like where have you been all night? If you come home like this again, I am out. Like you know, you can see how it's like so like it's heated. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's tricky. Whereas if we then take, okay, yes, he comes home. So one of my boundaries is, is that I want a loving relationship. Like we'd have to really think it through and establish a boundary for us that works really well around that. And one of the boundaries might be, um, respecting our time together. And maybe it's like, I'm struggling with this one because it was so hard for me to establish these boundaries of when he would just show up last minute. And so for me, it was a boundary is, is that I no longer will wait up all night waiting for him because what happened was, is I was getting so drained. I wasn't getting any sleep. So one of the boundaries I established was if he's not home by like X time, um, I'm just going to pretend that he is, you know, staying out at a friend's or I'm going to do what I can to meditate and forget about it. I'm going to actually make plans with my friends and go out because he's not going to come home anyway. Like, so it's almost like taking that opportunity to clarify your boundaries. Now, this is so hard. This is an episode all on its own establishing. I should do a whole episode on examples of boundaries because they're so hard to create. They're really, really challenging. But what you can do is think about what it is that you want for yourself. So first think about what your rights are, what you value, and then that's how you establish your boundaries without involving other people. I find what makes it confusing is the second we bring other people in it, like we're trying to make rules for them, that's when boundaries get confusing. So for example, for me, it's like what would make me well is if I didn't stay up all night waiting for him and like preoccupied with where he is, who is he with, what is he doing, which by the way, self-compassion, self-love, hello, that is so stressful going through that. So, so, so stressful. So one of the boundaries I needed to establish for myself is that I needed to find ways to cope with that in the moment. And so I found lots of loving guided meditation so that when I'm sitting there looking at the clock, looking at the clock, looking at the clock, I know that instead of ruminating and worrying, I'm like, I no longer will do that past 12 PM. I'm giving myself permission to just let it go, let nature take its course, let, you know, let myself have some peace here. So I would listen to nice music. I would listen to guided meditations. I would pray. I would do all the things. I would sometimes take a really nice warm bath to help me sleep. I would call, befriend. I would call one of my good friends, or I would jump into the support group if it's really late at night and just say, "Hey, everyone, I need some support here. Uh, waiting at my third hour. Where is he?" Kind of thing. And so I would reach out. So I kind of created the boundaries that. I I can't let him take me down all night and lose all my sleep. I needed to find resources and first aid in those moments. So one of the boundaries for me I created was I I just I can't can't do it anymore. I can't stay up all night. So um I need my sleep. So there is my request, there is my boundary. And so we could really drill down on that one. That one was really, really hard. And I, you flip back and forth. Remember boundaries are for your well-being. And so now I'm not giving a good example here, right? Like, so an example could be, I will not provide financial support for substance use. So then that's just a rule that you live by. Look at boundaries as rules to live by. Like I won't stay up past midnight worrying about where he is. So there's my rule to live by. So then what do I need to do in order to not do that? So the, boundaries is very clear. executing is a, that's another thing. Um, or like I will not tolerate verbal or physical abuse. So there's my boundary. there is my right. This is you know my rules to live by. I will not tolerate verbal or physical abuse. So then the, so then I have to create what am I gonna do in those moments where I am getting verbally and physically abused, right? am I how am I gonna handle and manage that situation? for my well-being. So you can see how clarifying your boundaries just stating that boundary is just stating okay I no longer it's almost like your rules to live by. So I hope that's helpful. I know I'm going off boundaries are tricky 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 and um so just clarifying your boundaries so just taking some time to reflect on those almost like rules to live by that safeguard your well-being. That's a better way I think of looking at boundaries. And then what you can do is you can Write those boundaries down for yourself so you have them. They're almost like your rules to live by. They're the, the 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 things that you want to focus on for yourself. Remember, they're not rules for other people. They're your rules to live by. They're your boundaries. They're your values. What's important to you? And so once you've clarified those boundaries, the next step is to, to write them all down and figure out ways that what that means to you. So if you're not going to stay up I no longer will stay up past midnight worrying about where he is. And so, okay, so how are you going to implement that? How are you going to support that boundary? How are you going to make that happen? And how are you going to assert that to yourself, right? How are you going to really, really make that happen? And so the next step is committing to that, committing to that boundary, right? So again, making that happen. So committing to your boundary. So this is like, well, so what's happening when you know you've crossed you're crossing the boundaries, you're starting to worry, or you're starting to have that concern. You're staying up all night. Right. So it's like, okay, here I am, you know, so that it's about following through. It's like, okay. So, and then just like safeguarding it. It's like, i see what's happening. I'm crossing my boundary. It's one o'clock now. So let me look into my resources of tools to support me. Boundaries are for you and so what you want to do is really really just follow through on those boundaries and see boundaries as an opportunity to take the spotlight off of your addicted loved one and shine it on you and create well-being for yourself and boundaries are so powerful because really is tapping into what's right for you and like what your rights are and you know what are your rules to live by so then it makes it so you don't have to necessarily it on someone else like a threat or an ultimatum because it's their behavior then that we're waiting on and that we're right. So I love the ownership piece that comes from creating boundaries for yourself and your own well-being and shifting from that place of um feeling like you need to offer you know threats or ultimatums. It makes total sense. So oh my gosh, when it comes to Loving someone with an addiction is so crucial to remember that if you are issuing threats and ultimatums, it is so human. It is rooted in a place of love. It's rooted in a place of concern and it may not yield the results that we're looking for. In fact, it might uh, cause some concern and some a challenge and um, more heartache, and things like that, too. But just by understanding and really looking at those threats and concerns, understanding where they come from, that's the first step. Knowing the motivation behind these actions. And just really adopting so much love and compassion towards yourself. And then also breaking them down. Being prepared with your threats and ultimatums can help you because you can then see the outcome. So if you are going to issue threats or ultimatums, to think them through. And to really see potential outcomes of them so that you're you're able to follow through. And you're able to use them in a way that is empowering. And then... Stepping back a little bit and thinking about ways that can help you is this idea of boundaries, turning the spotlight back on you because addiction is so complex and you're up against a beast. And uh, you know, it requires so much understanding and patience and willingness to adapt your approach. And it makes so much sense that, you know, you're trying your last ditch effort kind of thing with your threats and ultimatums. I get it. I get it. I was there. So I am just wrapping you with so much love and hugs here because this is hard. So if you, you know, if you're acting in that feeling of, oh my gosh, I've tried everything. And you know, you move into those threats and ultimatums. And even if you've made them and then you've gone back and I'm just wrapping you with so much love because when you are faced with loving someone with an addiction, it is heart-wrenching. It is so difficult. It is so difficult. And so just understanding that what is driving those threats and ultimatums, but then thinking about them a little bit deeper, recognizing uh, the outcome, possible outcomes of them, just seeing them for what they are and understanding why you might be issuing these threats, the desperate act of love, because we're like trying to make them, you know, see, we're trying to, provide safety for them and their well-being as well as us and almost a cry for getting their attention and like you know can you acknowledge this problem or maybe even just for us trying to gain a sense of control all these things you know we just want to be cautious because we want to make sure that we can follow through on those or else you know our credibility slowly is diminished and our feeling of control slowly is diminished and our feeling of, I always call it cray-cray, starts to increase. And so just looking at it and the outcome and then also extending compassion, understanding around and why we're doing that, but then also assessing the outcomes of those threats and ultimatums that we might be issuing, thinking through them a little bit more, and then maybe take them one step and just establishing those boundaries for ourselves. And boundaries can be really impactful. Well, because we have more control over those boundaries that we set for ourselves and uh, and the outcomes of them. So we don't have control over other people. So that's about it. I hope it was helpful. I hope that you uh, got a lot out of it. And of course, write your comments, reach out anytime. Uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, if there's something you're struggling with that you would love to, you know infuse a positive psychology into it in the science of human flourishing, or just if you have a story of strength and resilience, we'd love to have you on the show as well. Just reach out, um, feel free to go to saving for more resources and, and support as well as the saving you is killing me Facebook private group. And uh, yeah, so that's about it. Everybody have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And, of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.